0: All right, it's time for another edition of the Sports Plus Podcast. Lots of Cardinals talk today. Uh, We saw maybe, not maybe, the roughest stretch of the season, I think, in the last, well, not not including this past weekend, but before that, the California road trip where the Cardinals went 0-5 and just look miserable against good competition. Which and and that's
1: the key. I mean, you, you said it. They're not good against good competition. Just look at their record. But
0: they're not out of it because they have this stretch Correct. right here where the schedule is going to help them out and they can beat up on these teams. I just yeah, looked I at it. You hope so. You hope so. They're like 50-some games combined under 500. The Royals, Rockies, and uh, Reds here. And they have 13 games against them to finish off this month, well, uh, they
1: better do it because the, the final stretch of the season in September is going to be brutal. Lots so, of Cubs,
0: lots of Cubs games.
1: Yeah, so so they're they're going to have to be in a position where where they have a little cushion, um, or they're going to have to play better than they played most of the season.
0: So they played pretty well against the Pirates here, but the Pirates are just free falling. They've been. The worst team in baseball since the All-Star break. But and
1: Sunday was a good win because yeah, they were behind and they came
0: that back. That was a good win. I was not expecting them no, to win me that. Either. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of news happened on Monday, actually, on their off day. First thing, Randy Rosarena, prospect getting called up as Jose Martinez hits the IL. We've been wanting to see this guy for a long time. I mean, he's not even one of the Cardinals' top prospects, but he's been tearing up the minor league so much. We just been wait. Why can't we get him here instead of like Harrison Bader or somebody? Plus, he's-
1: he has some things that the Cardinals really don't have, and and he's 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 got a lot of energy. He's got a lot of speed. Um, I think he's a, the kind of guy that might be able to be a leadoff hitter and get on base and then do some damage.
0: And he's not in the lineup
1: tonight. Right, which, again, <laughs> that's one of those things I just don't understand. Why call him up and At least him. Lane
0: Thomas is in the lineup there. Yeah. I'll take what I can get. Uh, I actually don't hate the lineup tonight against the Royals, but I would like to see a Rosarena. If he's going to get called up, don't sit him on the bench. He's on five. He hit 368 in Memphis. Well,
1: and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, John Mozeliak said they weren't going to call him up because they had no place for him to play. So who's going to sit and uh and and tonight he's sitting. So I was we'll worried see.
0: when Martinez hit the IL if they were just going to turn around and bring Bader right right back up. The fan base would have gone insane if that would have happened. Um Yadi's also back. He's coming back up. Weeders and Kisner were Really pretty good uh, while he was down. Now, here's the big question How much do you think Weeders should still play?
1: I mean, I, I would think that it's going to be a little while before Yachty is 100% because when you have the kind of injury he had, it, it takes a little while to get your strength back. So, my hope would be is, you know, unlike normal Yachty times where he plays every day, is that they, they give him a break now and
2: again. So, then again, yeah. it's hard to keep Weeders bat out of everything uh with everything that he's had going on the home runs and i mean yadi hasn't been the same at the plate this season oh there we go yadi hasn't been the same at the plate this season so you kind of want to see weeders playing a little bit more than he is because he's proved that he can come through in the clutch when the cardinals need him
0: he's only hit 222 since molina went out but he's got five home runs and all of them have seemed to come at like big, big moments, moments in yeah. the game so he's been pretty clutch. he's done, a,
1: he's done an excellent he's job great. it was a good pickup for the
0: Cardinals. he's He's the—I've been wanting to write this story for a while, but he's the best backup catcher I can remember the Cardinals having in my lifetime. Oh, for sure. Maybe since Yachty in 04 when he was backing up Mike I Matheny. Mean, I mean, this yes, is Mike, this, yeah. you
1: know, a couple of years ago, he's an all-star catcher. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he does
2: have a track record. He made what, a good signing. That was a good sign.
0: Here's what I would definitely do. And, I mean, it's Yachty's first game up, so tonight it's not happening. He's catching Flaherty. But Weeders and Flaherty definitely have a good vibe going. Since Molina went out, Flaherty has a .094 ERA. That's insane, and hitters are only hitting 144 against him. Those two are clicking. They talked about it in the locker room. They got a good relationship. I definitely keep them going. I get you want to get Yachty in the lineup tonight since it's his first game back, but I'd keep those together. Other big news. Well, some people think this is big news. Some people might not think it's that big. Assistant coach Mark Budasco was fired. People are going to uh, say who? Yeah. Well, right. I mean, he was pretty well known in like Cardinals circles. Yeah. The players loved him. At least that was the vibe we got. He was like the old school guy, though. And Jeff Albert is the new school guy. And I think they just kind of clashed. Here's what's
1: interesting. The Philadelphia
0: Phillies just, yeah.
1: hot, just fired the new school, <laughs> new school guy <laughs> for Charlie Manuel, of Who's all people. Seven, was
0: 74 or Yeah, something. I mean, that's
1: you talk about old school.
0: Yeah, that's I didn't see that coming. How much blame do you place on a hitting coach, though? The Cardinals, I think this is like the third... I don't know, season in a row, but this is the third assistant hitting coach would you in a row the, they fired. Would you say it's the players and their mentality or the hitting coach? What do you say? I'm always liable to blame the players, honestly. Yeah. It, it, most of it falls on I their think that's shoulders. Just, the coach is just a scapegoat. I think this is just two coaches that maybe we're telling people different things and they're like, Okay, we gotta streamline this into one line of thinking.
1: Right. And and I think that's exactly what happened. And I think Derek Gould of the Post Dispatch, who's who's a terrific beat writer, was talking about how this is all this is, is they're behind Jeff Albert's way of doing things and 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 that's what they that's what that's the message they want. They don't want mixed messages for their hitters and so that's the way they're gonna go. He is the main hitting coach and the other guy uh, it was not. So.
0: so we talked about this a little bit, about this easy, well, it should be easy hmm. stretch of games here. Should be. 13 games to finish up against those bad teams down the stretch here of August. And they just played three against the Pirates. Have three what, more in September 2. What yeah. is an acceptable record for, let's say, these 16 games, if the Pirates series included. They already won those three. What do you think? 12 wins, 13 wins. What do they have to do? to make you think okay they've got a chance going into the last month. Well like of year. I said
1: they need a cushion because once they play the good teams, the track record so far this year is they don't play them well. So they're going to have to make hey right now they're going to have to they're going to have to win as many of these games as they possibly can. I don't know what the record is. I don't know if they, you know, it's 12 or whatever, but it's going to have to be well over 500 and they're going to have to win every series for sure. Yes. And and other than uh, If they don't, I don't think they're going to be in the playoffs.
2: I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I'm kind of echoing what Mike is saying. I mean, that's they need to win, flat out. There's no more room for error. There's no more, okay, well, there's still time left, patience, blah, blah, blah. Fifty-something games remaining. They need to win, and they need to win now because we've seen in the last three years how many games they've missed the playoffs. But I want to say like a combined eight games the past three mm-hmm. years they've missed the playoffs. So these games right now against bad teams, they have to win. Give them some momentum to go play the good teams.
0: So let's talk about the lineup here. Frank just had, had a piece in the 5 o'clock news here on, on Tuesday about it. So the Tommy Edmond experience, hmm. he's been – I mean, he's been fine. He was great his first, like, week or two, and everybody was saying, get him in there, get him in there, which he should have been in there. But now he's getting forced in playing right field, and there are other outfielders yeah. on the roster. Like, uh, what do you, How do you see that whole situation? I
1: don't like it at all. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me when you've got – a Rosarino waiting to come up. You've got Thomas. You've got Tyler O'Neill. You got—I mean—these players that you have. If you have an outfielder opening, I think those are the guys that should get the chance to play. Uh, and Tommy Edmonds, fine. He can play a lot of different positions, and it's—it's it's great to have him where you can you know, insert him in the lineup when you need him, but he should not be playing the outfield. He should be playing the
2: infield. I mean, I have one better than that. The, today's DH spot, Matt Carpenter. You have a guy who's batting two seventeen and you're plugging yeah. him in in the DH spot. To me, that makes no sense. I mean, I think a Rosarina guy who has speed, who can fly on the base pass, he should be getting an opportunity. I know they pay Matt Carpenter a ton of money, and you want to get him And he has confidence. had a lot of success in yes. Kansas That's City. what I'm saying. I don't
0: hate him in the lineup these two games here, especially when well gonna go back a little bit i don't mind tommy and Edmond in the lineup if he's playing third base yeah i'll take that for sure that's fine um and carpenter here dh in probably in kansas city is fine as well but you got to play the hot bats you, you got to play the guys yeah. actually in their position i don't want to see Jairo munoz or tommy Edmond play another inning in the outfield this year because you. you don't need it um. right they don't need it <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you mike what do you do with matt carpenter do you keep sticking him out there at third base, or or what do you see? I mean, to me,
1: he he seems to me, and you know, again, this is all just you know having watched baseball for many years. He seems to be swinging a better bat lately since he's come back up, uh, even if the numbers don't really show that. I think he's played halfway decent in the field, and obviously, I mean, they signed him. They they're they're going to play him. So uh, I I mean, if you're going to play him. I'd rather have him as the DH tonight, yeah, uh, than than playing third base. But um, you know, I it, I know that if I were the general manager of the Cardinals, uh, I'd be nudging Mike Schilt to to play him a little bit because uh, he's a veteran, he's won in Kansas City, and they're paying him a lot
0: of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Um, let's talk about the guy who has the highest batting average on the Cardinals this season. Colton Wong <laughs> had a great like week and a half. And everybody's thinking, oh, my gosh, here we go, here we go. We're finally getting Colton Long. Then he just kind of tanked for a month. But he's steadily built his way back up. And he's having a really nice season coupled with his defense where every night he does something that makes you go, wow. Yeah. He's just quietly having a really nice season.
1: So you want to see him at the, at the leadoff up So spot. I
0: have that in here. I would love if he could do it. But his career numbers say otherwise. There's a lot of these guys on the Cardinals. You put them in a different lineup position, and they just go nutty. Is a strange I don't thing. understand it. Like yeah. Cole Wong, yeah. uh, he's a career, he has a career 290 on base percentage leading off. That's not good enough.
1: On the other hand, Matt Carpenter was an unbelievable leadoff there. Yes. And he hasn't been this year. So, But
0: usually when they moved him to third or, or yeah, whatever, nothing. trying to drive in runs, he didn't do anything. Right. So I don't get it with these guys. They can't hit anywhere else in the lineup. I'd love to see Wong hit leadoff but, but, but I, I you have to realize these
1: are very small sample sizes. I don't know how many, how many times the Colton Wong has let off this
0: year he's only played four games lead off so so,
1: so when, when we talk about the, the lack of success sometimes success comes after you you know do it over and over and over again and you know he has not done the leadoff job uh, over and
2: over and over again but he has proved this season with confidence and support. He can do yeah. pretty much oh, anything. He, set, he, he loves to throw those little does. jabs at Matheny he, last I mean, you year. Can tell yeah. it's,
0: uh, you can tell in the locker room there are little, little digs at Matheny every time they talk about believing in him, and he's out there every day, even against lefties. He does like bringing that but up. I, but I will,
2: <laughs> I will say this about Wong. Being a former collegiate athlete, confidence goes a long way. And when you have a good support system and your coaching staff believes in you, and the sky's the limit for Colton Wong. And I think he showed that this season. And I also think he's hungry to prove that he was that Gold Glove winner last year.
0: So we don't have to go full lineup like I have here. But, like, top four, your one through four guys the rest of this year, I think I'd go Fowler, DeYoung, Goldschmidt, and Ozuna. I think that would be my one through four. Because Fowler nice has been four. pretty good getting so on base. So a Rosarina's not playing. A Rosarina's mm. –
2: well, he hasn't done anything in the majors, but then again, he's we'll def- never know. But yeah. but but they just called him up. It, I, yeah. I assume well, right it's not now, to sit on the bench.
0: Right now, I'm playing Fowler and right, Ozuna and left, and then Thomas or Rosarina and center. Who's ever hotter, right? But okay, then what so do you, what,
1: so if a Rosarina is playing in center, where are you hitting him in the lineup? Are you leading I'm start- him off?
0: Not right away. No, okay. Not, yeah, if not I mean, sure. if he proves himself, then definitely, yeah. Well, he's but definitely I at the bottom half. I think that's too much pressure to put. Okay, l- last month of the season, your first time in the big leagues, go lead off for us, and, and-
1: I, I just. <laughs> don't understand why that's any more pressure than than batting any uh, anywhere else in the order
0: i definitely put him in the lineup I'll i will mean, say that
2: well he's got to be in so there what about here. jose martinez when he comes back
0: i mean Ho- i love jose martinez well, someone will to be death. Sent down then yeah i love Ho- well it'll be september and that's you can true. expand oh, oh, your bit. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 i love yeah. jose martinez to death but uh, i i don't know he hasn't been quite the guy that so he was far at the beginning last- of the yeah. season yeah um Let's go over here. i got to be nice throw some love to the Illini since we did that one podcast talking for about 20 minutes on Mizzou. I have to give Illinois some love. Uh, I was up there last week. I know, Ahmad, you've been up to Champaign too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just love Lovey. I do love Lovey. (laughs) I want him to succeed. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Mike, you probably had some... Experiences with Lovey when he was here. How did, sure. how did you as, read as a, him? Sure,
1: as a Rams assistant coach, he was outstanding. And obviously, he had success as the Bears head coach. But I think his record is something like 9 and 27 yes. in Illinois. Yep. And that's not success at all. And it's not like the Illini, I mean, they've never been the upper echelon of the Big Ten. But they've had some moments. They've always been able to compete. They've all they, they've, they've had some moments where the, where they're in the thick of it, and it's been a long time since that happened. And so, how much longer? I mean, is this is is Lovey on the hot
2: seat this year? They just yeah.
0: signed him to a two year extension in, had, in he, December. He had, I, I think to win
2: this year. When I spoke with former Trinity Catholic coach uh, Corey Patterson about Lovey Smith, and I said, "Not as many wins as you guys would expect," and he said, "Well, you know." This was a new program, a new team, and we're doing things the right way. We didn't go get a bunch of JUCO transfers to come in and try and change the culture in two years. So he said this is will be Lovey Smith's first recruiting class, their junior or senior seasons, and this is when they expected to see change. They have his players, his culture. So they expect to win five to six games this year, if not more, but um, obviously he needs to win if he wants to I keep the job. I think they should.
0: Their schedule's pretty easy. They should win all their non-con games. Rutgers is a mess. So that's four games right there. And I, they should be able to steal one against some Big Ten competition. And, and if
1: they do that, then people can start to get excited. That's what they need to do. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you got to win the games you're supposed to win, and then you got to sneak a, a game or two
2: where you're not expected to win. And if you've been looking at their social media account, I mean, Isaiah Williams, <laughs> that
0: guy. Well, likes, that's who, that's who I wanted deal. to get to next. They yeah. got Brandon Peters, the quarterback transfer from Michigan, who just hearing Lovey talk uh, on media day, I mean, I think that's the guy they want. To, to start, take the job, yeah. Because uh, he's got more experience. But, man, Isaiah Williams stole the show just in terms of interest at Media Day. Everybody just flocked to him. Speak. Because, uh, I mean, he's entertaining to watch. He's like another Isaiah Williams mm-hmm. that used to go there mm-hmm. by the name of Juice. But uh, And they actually said – Isaiah said he's talked to Juice Williams before, and they've given traded some advice and whatnot. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but I don't think – They're going to rush him, and I don't think they should either because I think he could be a stud. What do you think, Ahmad? I think he can be a stud,
2: like you said, and obviously you hinted at a great point they shouldn't rush him. There's his 18-, 19-year-old kid trying to come in and turn a program around. He can't do it by himself, and he can't do it in just four to five games. But I do think if they want to get that program turning in the right direction, he will be the guy that leads them that way.
0: He's a bit undersized, but he can't throw. I mean, we've seen him throw. He's got an arm. And speed And kills. speed Oh, yeah. Speed you kills. get him out in the open field, he's hard to tackle. So the other thing that stuck out from Illinois Media Day, there's a definite, definite St. Louis to Illinois pipeline going mm-hmm. on right now. It's not just Mizzou. Mm-hmm. There's some big names going to Illinois as well, not just Isaiah Williams. Moses Akpala is just a physical Specimen. beast <laughs> from Ladue. Uh, he used to throw kids around in high school. He's saying – it's taken so, a little bit to get acclimated to the college game because everybody's like as big as he is now, uh, but he's impressive. Keith Randolph from Belleville West uh, is is pretty good too. A Mookie, or Shimon Cooper from uh, Trinity, Trinity yeah. yep. there with Isaiah. I think he might get a chance to play quite a bit a linebacker position his freshman year.
2: I think what you're going to see. From the next four to five years, if you're a St. Louis sports fan, you'll see a lot of St. Louis kids going to Missouri and Illinois. And that's kind of what you want to see. Those two colleges closest to home. Obviously, you still have guys going to Ohio State and Notre Dame's and all those big-time schools. But St. Louis and Illinois, they have a lot of pride in St. Louis. You know, both of those programs want to win the recruiting battle here. And I think it's just special, especially with the border war coming back into play in 2026, you know. And it's really fun to see your friends and your family playing Two hours away.
0: Hey, as long as these kids are staying home, Mizzou or Illinois, I like it. Exactly. I like all these kids staying home. Um, let's have some fun here at the end. It's International Lefties Day. This is Tuesday, <laughs> August 13th. I, I don't think any of us are left-handed, are we? No. no, no. None wish. of us are left-handed. I admire from afar. Yeah, me too. Um, there's been a lot of Cardinals lefties that have, have been a little interesting over the years. I wrote a bunch of names down here. I just wrote a story that we published on KSDK.com. Steve Carlton is the one that comes to mind first, of course. And I, I don't think it's even probably the worst trade in Cardinals history. Rick Wise for Steve Carlton. Right before he really took off and became a Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I mean, he the He won 27
1: best games the year on, that, a- on that Phillies team that was terrible. I mean, it was a terrible. And he won twenty seven games. That's how good he was.
0: He was the best. I think we've we we had seen him on State Sports League.
1: Plus one really? time. Now, if you remember when Steve Carlton um, was in the major leagues, he did not talk to the press. Um, but huh. we had him on Sports Plus. You know, he had retired by then, mm-hmm. um, and he couldn't have been nicer or more talkative or more interesting. Really? Yeah. We ought to pull that sometime. Okay, for one of those that would be a good rewind. Sports Plus rewinds, but he's. Uh, He's a fascinating guy, and he tells you know great stories about his time
2: with the, both the Cardinals and the Phillies. Can I dive into one? Yeah, Jaime Garcia, Mike. I want your input on him because I thought he was it. You know, as far as the lefty lefty in our rotation, I just knew he was going to be that guy. But I love Jaime yeah, Garcia. Yeah, I mean, I, but I was a kid, Mike. Tell us what happened. Well. I-
1: I'll tell you that I remember one time and I've only sat in the green seats where you can actually like watch, mm-hmm. you know, a pitcher from really close, almost batter's point of view. I have I, I, only sat there twice. One time he was pitching and he was he was. Not injured at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't understand how anybody could get the bat on the ball. He it he was had... such nasty stuff, and and it was there was so much movement. Yeah, and he, I mean, he was painting the corners that night, and you know, he, he it was really something to see. He just, I mean, the poor guy just could not stay healthy. You know, sometimes I think uh, sometimes the the people that can't stay healthy. Uh, need to, you know, work through it. And I'm not sure he was the kind of guy who could work through it. Um, But, man, he had a whole bunch of talent, and it's really I'm glad glad you
0: brought that up, because I saw saw him up close a couple times in spring training used to go down there for vacation. I don't know how anybody hit his two-seam fastball. It, like, broke across the entire width of the plate. It was... So nasty. He, I, Yeah, I wish he would have really I, I, been able to have a long when he, career when he, when he
1: had so many injuries, I always thought, well, they ought to just make him a reliever because there's not a lefty in baseball yeah. that be able to hit this That's guy. That's true. That's
0: a good point. Um, my favorite Cardinals lefty, even though hmm. it's before my time, John Tudor. Um, 1985, maybe one of the best pitching years of any Cardinals player ever. 21 wins, 10 shutouts. Um, and he remember,
1: a, he started that season 0-7. And and,
0: yes, and he ended up with eight losses. He was 21-8, and 0-7, right. and, and came all the way back. I don't know. You never see a guy, what is that, 29 decisions, and he had 36 starts. You don't see that anymore. a yeah. guy just seven no decisions in one year.
1: One time, uh, the, the Cardinals and Mets in 85, of course, were, were battling it out, and um, they sent me – we did a trade where the a New York sportscaster came here and did the sports on Channel Five, Uh-oh. and they sent me really? to New York to do a sportscast. That's, on... that's
0: uh, I have never. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. It, it, and you know we promoted it, and it was it was a lot of fun, and it was it was the night that Tudor was uh, facing Gooden, Ooh. and so it was a great pitching matchup, a great night. And, you know, I just took my jabs at New York on, on, the, on the air. <laughs> did you work any night? pond
0: scum uh, in there? I, I don't think I did. I don't <laughs> think I worked
1: any pond scum. But I did, you know, t- would take a jab here and, here and there. And then, uh, so the next night at the ballpark, you know, it's it was on one New York station. And, and, and at least in those days, and maybe it's still true, you know, a dozen New York stations do the news. So... Um, but I'm walking into the. I'm walking into. I saw you on TV last night. <laughs> hey, stop ripping New York. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's funny. Uh, some other fun names on here: Al Raboski, Ray King was really good for the Cardinals in two seasons here. Um, Randy Choate, <laughs> Arthur Rhodes, Arthur Rhodes, World Series champion Arthur Rhodes uh mark Mulder. it was a big deal when he came over from oakland they
1: really thought he was yeah something they first they thought they had acquired an ace first win
0: here at bush stadium three and he hit a home run in that game on opening day the first game ever at bush stadium um he was pretty good in 05 but got just those injuries really took their toll and he was never he was just trying another comeback like two years ago or something couldn't get that off the ground either but uh, you know
2: people are waiting on you to say Rick Ankele. Yeah, I'm wait- I, that's yeah. why I was building you know up to it. they're waiting on that. Rick
0: Ankiel was supposed to be the next Sandy Koufax, and it just never happened, and I think it's the, one of the greatest what-ifs, not just Cardinals history, baseball history, because the talent this guy had was, was off, off the, the charts. The charts. Yeah. You probably saw him in spring training. I did and- see him
1: in spring training, and it was the kind of thing that you know. How have you been to? Have you guys been to Jupiter? Yeah, have I have. All not. right. So, so they have a you know a bunch of different mounds right outside the clubhouse where the pitchers where the pitchers pitch. And it, if you walk by, like we had been doing a few interviews, and and he was, uh, it was I think it was his first year with the team, so he was a rookie. But as you walk by, you look down the line. There's like five pitchers in a row, and you go, "Holy, who is that?" Hmm. Because the, the pitches just popped. It was, there was just something different about coming out of his hand. And there was a lot of movement, and it was something to see. He he had a chance to be a superstar, I think, and one of the great pitchers in Cardinals history in terms of talent. But, you yeah. know, there's more than just talent. You've, you've got to yeah. get your head on straight. And I, I was at that game – uh, the playoff the game or... where against the Braves where he could just not he could not get the ball over the plate and that was pretty much the end of it. Yep. He never ever recovered
0: from that. Yep. Came back as an outfielder. His and, and, and he was pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. And he has yeah, some and of the...
1: And that story in itself is an amazing That's story. That's one of my favorite
0: baseball stories. I mean,
1: the guy who was this pitching phenom who just couldn't get it together works his way back to the major leagues. And, you know, was hitting home runs at yeah. Busch Stadium. It was really something to see. He was an incredible athlete. He even tried to make it back this year. This year. Yeah, This year, yeah. And, you know, I, 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 think I guess it was just yeah. too much.
0: Um, greatest outfield throws I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> those two in Colorado. I've never seen anything like that before. And, I'll, I mean, I've, I remember where I was when he did those because I jumped out of my chair. Um, Rick Ankiel, definitely a fun one to watch. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Sports Plus Podcast. We'll be back next week with another one.